The Drop Back with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns Peak, and Joe Costanzo. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Dropback Podcast. I'm Sam Lewis, and as I'm saying every week, joined down the line by Joe Costanzo. Hey, Slew, how's it hanging? It's going great. Yet again, another Dolphins win, another bat disappearance. It seems to be a trend here. If only it was more consistent one. Yeah, I know. This is it's quite strange, isn't it? He's picked the worst time of the year, but unfortunately, it's just the way life goes, you know? You talk about last week we were going, oh, it's never going to happen again this season. They're too trash, so he's not going to have another opportunity to glow. I mean, he is taking his chances now, unless he has got way too superstitious thought this is the only way they can win games. Yeah, I think he's just bailed out of the podcast in general. Just Otherwise, otherwise the Dolphins have no chance. I mean, he's got more faith in them than their front office, so... Not wrong, it's not wrong. So before we do, we'll get on to the NFL. Again, we'll start with the Uni Bowl games from this week. And in the north, um, the Leeds Beckett, Leeds Carnegie Beckett, they kicked off their campaign. Technically, they were 1-0, but they didn't get to play against Coventry Jets, unfortunately. So they went up to Sterling and crushed the Klansmen 30-10. to It's a big result for them. Crushed the Klansmen. Yeah, definitely a big result. Um, with, I mean, they're the champs for a reason, you know. I mean, selling a big though. They're some big fuckers, but so are Leeds. When we when we played Leeds Beckett, they were huge, and that that whole option style offense is just so difficult to deal with. Yeah, once it gets rolling, they they're getting those reads in. It's just difficult to slow down. And the other mm. game in the north, Nottingham, who were undefeated last year, have fallen to zero and two. Durham opening their season with a thirty-six to seven win in Nottingham. Another big result in the north. Yeah, that's. That's pretty huge, to be fair. I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't have much input there. I, I've, I've got more input in the two games coming up. <laughs> okay, so let's get to those two games coming up, and before we get to the input, so we've got now two teams without a win and without any points in the south. Birmingham with their explosion event, kicking off their season twenty-four to nothing, beating last year's finalist Hertfordshire, and the newcomers UEA getting blown out 36 to naught by UWE. Joe, you said you had a bit more about these events. Yeah, no, I was I was just going to comment on, like you said, the the kind of start to the season from Hertfordshire and UA. It's, it's something um, you'd kind of expect to see. Like, Well, I say expect to see, but you, you give UEA more, of, more leniency towards it because they are the team coming up. Um, but... From Hertfordshire's standpoint, they they made the final last year. They still have GB players on their team, so it's it's a bit surprising to see them start with a two scoreless performances, especially having a you know GB talent on on their offense. Exactly. So you got to hope for them. One of those teams is able to grab a win because it seems like. A lot of the time, Uniball, if you can beat one team twice in the season and then. If that team loses out, then you're you're in the playoffs. The way that it works, yeah. And so the two dates that I've got circled now as being crucially important, even so early in the season for the South Division, is November twenty fourth and February the second, when these two um, game teams without a win play each other, and those teams are probably going to have those dates um, circled as well. Yeah, the. the it's just the way it works, really. You can kind of just survive <coughs> two or three wins in in Uniball in general. But um, 
yeah, I'm I'm not giving up. I think I think Hertfordshire will probably they might squeeze another win out out somewhere, but I can't imagine. Um, you know, like I I don't I don't want to think that that they're just going to. You don't want to shit all over them, but it yeah. is it is tough coming up when you haven't been in the Premiership for a long while at least to yeah. come up and play some of these more established programs. UWE aren't. They're not as established as the others, but they've got a great input of Americans this year, which helps build the programme. And then the the other teams in that division, Birmingham and even Hertfordshire, who haven't they've not looked good this season, but they've been in the premiership for a few years now. And it's gonna it's gonna be tough. You they don't have that long to adjust. Yeah. I, I guess that that's that's the thing is is that Hertfordshire have got the experience and kind of have been here for a few years, so I'm kind of expecting them to at least eke out another win somewhere. But then again, Birmingham look quite strong. UWE U, U, looked amazing in their two games, so we'll just have to see, really. Yeah, too many letters going on just to get that out smoothly. So that's everything we've got on Britball at the moment. But we are going to be trying to go around to some of these matches and once we can get ourselves organised a bit better. So mm. let's move on to the NFL then. Uh, so one, one thing I would say just real quick is everyone should uh, give Matt's article a read because it's bloody amazing on the week one takeaways from uh, Britball and Uniball in general. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. It's one of the most from a biased point of view, it is one of the most in-depth articles out there at the moment on the sport itself from a British perspective. And that's something he's going to be bringing out every week. He's been getting involved with people from all the universities, getting game clips, getting some inside information, and it's a really good read. Mm, definitely better than some others out there. Here we go, Joe. Just like sort of slandering people that we hope to work with in the future. But... <laughs> What? Okay, so the NFL. I think this week, we were talking about it before we started recording, it seemed to be characterised by losses from teams that we weren't expecting to lose. Yeah, definitely. There's was a weird week in general. Yeah, so especially the teams that are eager towards those playoffs, you get the Cowboys, the Rams, the Chiefs, Bills, the Saints and the Colts, all of those looking like they're sort of trending towards being playoff teams, all falling, apart from the Cowboys, to lower level of oppositions yeah i mean it was it was just um it was just one of those wacky bizarro weeks where nothing you expected came through i think i got two of my predictions right this week (laughs) this is pretty terrible hey the niners can um, still win tonight yeah you know well probably not without kittle but we'll we'll get on to that i'm sure that um yeah so which of there's a I'd say there's three of those games that we previously mentioned that I'm the most worried about. I'll start... The Bills are the... Primarily, if you look at the games they've won now and the games they've lost, the three... The games they've won have all been against subpar opposition and you do worry about those. They've got some tricky games coming up. They still play the Cowboys, still play the Ravens, still play the Patriots again. It's that Patriots... And the resurgent uh... Steelers team. Sorry, yeah, it's it's that Patriots uh, schedule, mate. They're, they're they're on the same schedule as the Patriots. Like it's it's a bit in there. I feel like their record could be a bit padded. Um, and to come away, I mean, I don't want to, you know, eat shit out of the bucket to be honest. But <laughs> like, I know we lost against the Browns as well. But 
to lose against a Browns team that seemed to be doing kind of just what they had been doing all all like most of the season and when it comes down to that, that um when they you know they they get six chances at the end zone from the one yard line and don't convert like it's mm. that sort of play that you know makes you sort of question like how did the bills if you're supposed to be this playoff bound team perform just the like how did you not produce against against the browns of all, all teams and and i mean baker mayfield it's the first time this season he's passed for two touchdowns which seems quite mental to be honest considering you know we're nine games in at this point um well 10 weeks but um yeah like i, I think I the just... point with the bills is they are built on this stifling defense and they got run all over for about 150 yards it was kareem hunt's first game he went off for 30 yards on just four carries yeah and Although I do think it's a bit too late for the Browns to save their season, these are the games that the Bills need to be winning if they do want to reach one of those wild card spots. Yeah, exactly. But I also think these the these are the kind of games that the the Browns have enough talent to shine. I feel against any team, mm. like they, like with when they played us, like they they made us look like idiots, and they came out there parading about you know like you guys threw us in the trash and all of that. It's like they do have talent on their roster. It's undeniable. It's just the fact that their play calling is so stupid. <laughs> it's just just terrible coaching. But I mean, I've got to give it to them. They 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 showed the Bills who's boss. Um, yeah, I think it all starts with that ground game anyway. Yeah, and the, so before we get to the team that I am most worried about, um, if the other team that we're going to mention a bit hadn't lost the way they did then I'd say losing to the Dolphins is an absolute horror show anyway. I think the one thing you can say is that they have Brian Hoyer under centre rather than yeah. who who was there. I don't, I'm not actually sure if he was on the roster coming into the season. And he did kind of shit the bed a little bit. One, pit, one touchdown, three interceptions. Couldn't really get going on the ground. And getting outplayed at home by the Dolphins. That's a worrying sign for a team in a, in a dogfight in their division. Yeah, well, Ryan Fitzpatrick looks a, like he's a better runner than a. Uh, he, he he looks like a legitimate scrambling quarterback at times, like especially in this game. He seemed more efficient running the ball than he did passing it. But um, yeah, this just seemed to be. I feel like the Colts' defense didn't even do too badly. Um, the like it was just a matter of fact that Brian Hoyer is clearly a lot worse than Jacoby Brissett. Um, and I just don't think... I mean, I know that we're going to go on to talk more about the Dolphins anyway, so I don't I don't want to give up too much. But I, I thought uh, this game, like, it's just... You can't get players to to purposely tank at the end of the day. Like... No, all coaches as well, because it's their reputation on the, in the end, on the line. Yeah. Because if they if they tank, they're, they're the ones that are going to get replaced. It doesn't benefit the players and the coaches to be tanking. If you're exactly. Brian Fitzpatrick, why are you like, yeah, you know what, let's throw it in today. I'll get Tua to take my job next year. If you're Ryan Fitzpatrick, you're looking around this team saying, if I perform, there's another job in this. Maybe not here, but somewhere else, hopefully. And that's what he's done his whole career. Yeah, exactly. Ryan Fitzpatrick is kind of the perfect journeyman for this team, really. Um, and like, 
I just think it's it's impossible to get players in the National Football League to sit down and be like, okay, it's we're going to lose this game. I guess I shouldn't really bother. Like like you said, everyone's out there competing for a starting job. Maybe not in Miami next year, but but that works the whole way around. Like they're shuffling the whole roster around, so you no, no one's secured a spot. Everyone's got to prove themselves, and um, you know that that defense looked pretty darn good this this week i know it was against brian hoyer but um i think they really they really outperformed themselves and no, that they, is a good sign for sorry go ahead i just yeah i mean they're, they're kind of ruining it for themselves but <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll go no, on but it's a good sign for the dolphins going forward that with that young talent on that defense and brian hoyer i don't know if he's starting to get in the groove as a play caller with the players that he's now got brian but hoyer it's, Brian Hoyer, Brian Flores, <laughs> Brian Hoyer certainly was not getting the group. No, he wasn't. <laughs> no, but it's a, it's a good sign going forward. And then even when you trade away some of your best players, like the team we're about to get onto, which is Minka Fitzpatrick, but the yeah. Dolphins still perform and do what they want. But on the note of Minka Fitzpatrick, this is a terrible loss for the LA Rams, especially with the teams playing tonight, Monday night, if you're listening to this. Yeah. They've taken a massive step back in not only the race for their division, which was tough as it is, but in a playoff race, in the wildcard race, which is a packed in the NFC. Yeah, I I also thought like this this just isn't what you want out of out of your team. I mean, to lose to a just this injury ridden Steelers team that d- didn't seem to have enough talent on offense all year. But now somehow sits at five and four on the season. I I don't know how the hell they've done it to be honest, but it goes to show. Um, I, it was kind of just made from that one play, really, wasn't it? The the fumble, uh, or mm. well, questionable fumble. If you've been, I mean, do you think that was a fumble? Just out of interest. Uh, yeah, probably was, wasn't it? Do you not? No, I think by the rules of the game, that wasn't a, like. Okay, so if the ball's coming, if if your hand's going forward, anything from that point onwards is is considered a pass. So then... He yeah, like, didn't really have it in his hand. It was sort of... It was almost like he was losing control. I get what you mean, but I think when Yeah, it's he like he was losing control moving, as he was throwing it. Oh, sorry. Yeah, when he starts moving his hand forward, I thought he kind of... like it, it's It's debatable, but I think... I think to to lose a game on that is is pretty sad. But then again, that happened at the end of the first half, and they struggled to get into the to get rolling for the rest of the game. So, and like you said, Minka Fitzpatrick looks like a great addition to this Steelers team. Just go, we've got to go out there and say it. Um, and he's it just seems to be balling over the last few weeks. Yeah, they've done an absolute world. Like if, especially if you consider what the Rams had to give up to to get Jalen Ramsey the Steelers giving up one first round which probably is not even going to be that high a pick by the way it all all no. said and done in the AFC and maybe I reckon maybe a 10 10 overall 12 something like that but and they've moved him into a free safety role that he's absolutely thriving in in yeah. Pittsburgh but on the Rams again you've the Steelers team they had 240 odd yards passing at home to go along with only 40 yards on the ground. If you can't win that game 
with the talent you have all over the exactly. field. There's no excuse. I don't care how good Minka Fitzpatrick has been for the Steelers. That's a game you have to win if you view yourself as a playoff team. And I think they still view themselves as contenders. Yeah, but that that whole that division is starting to look pretty ga- damn contender happy. And I know that this today's game, tonight's game, actually, um, will kind of put, put a big statement there as to who's going to win the division. But we know it's I well, I think I I feel like you might agree, but that the top two teams in that division are you know the 49ers and Seattle that it was weird coming into the season. Everyone was sort of, we, we all predicted that the Rams were going to win this division and now they're sitting there at five and four losing to a mediocre at best. If that like Steelers team, um, I just expected more out of this offense. I expected more out of Sean McVay, you know, I'm, I'm just a bit speechless to, <laughs> to be honest. Like just the, the, the talent they have on this roster, like you said, like it, it doesn't, make any sense as to how yeah, I think it's, it's, it's similar to what happened with the Browns you've got all these talents in the skill positions and you lose Sue on the defence you, you lose your guard Roger Saffold on the offence they've had a couple of injuries on the O-line and it doesn't I think it's going to prove itself that if it doesn't matter how many talents you have on the skill positions if you can't solidify the trenches then you're, you are really going to struggle, even against some of the weaker teams in the league. Because what the Steelers can do is they can protect up front and then they can get after you with just using their D-line. Yeah, yeah, that that's true. Um, their D-line has, has always been a threat just throughout the season. But I, it's still just, you know, it's disappointing. It's disappointing to say the most. That's what it is. It's just deflating, I imagine, yeah. as a Rams fan, if you're watching just to not be able to win those type of games. Yeah, I mean, after the the progress you made last season, the getting to the Super Bowl, no matter how that ended, like you just expect more out of this team than than what we're currently seeing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm interested to see your pick for the worst loss because you know, out of that I, was that I, that was the, that was the Rams at the Steelers was oh, the it was worst the Rams. loss of. Yeah, I think that was the Rams' lot. I think that was a game they should have won, needed to win, to be perfectly honest. It's, and I don't think they do. Could you know why I think they needed to win? Why? Because later on, when the Vikings beat the Cowboys, the yeah. Rams aren't winning their division. It's going to be either the Cowboys or the Eagles that win the win the East, and I don't think the one that loses that is going to have enough wins to make a wild card spot. Yeah, and then you go, and then you've got the. Panthers, who would, I know they lost this week, but it was a close one. And then the Vikings went into Dallas, beat the Cowboys, and now it's 7-3. and three. And it's going to be tough for the Rams to catch those teams to get a wildcard spot. I think this is a game they needed to win to make it a fight later down the season. It's a game they should have won, definitely. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, my, my pick for the worst loss of this week, Week 10, um, I mean... It was kind of a it was kind of a toss up to be honest, and that not mm-hmm. neither neither had been said yet. But um, my eventual pick was the Chiefs. Um, mm-hmm. Just yeah. just oh, I mean it's the obvious story here. I mean supposedly sort of the return of the king with Pat Mahomes returning from into the lineup, and he did do amazing like four hundred and fifty yards passing, three touchdowns, typical MVP Pat Mahomes performance. But that defense just looked like. So like exposed. A wet paper bag. Yeah, like they couldn't stop Derrick Henry 
all day. He had almost 200 yards rushing, most of which were yards after contact, which is, is crazy to see. But people just weren't tackling him. <laughs> it just. Um, yeah, but to be fair, Joe, I would like to see you try and put any contacts on Derek Henry that will bring him close I'd to being. Bloody to the have him, mate. If I was fifteen you again, have him. yeah. If I was fifteen again, mate, in my athletic prime, I would have Derek so, Henry any day. Forget, forget Logan Paul KSI. It's going to be fifteen-year-old <laughs> Joker stands of <over> Derek Henry. <laughs> I would fucking pay to see that. Uh, well, like. As a, as a spectator, not not fifteen year old me, but um, <laughs> no, uh, I thought Ryan Ryan Tannehill, um, he he looked he looked serviceable. He looked really good in, in the last drive against the terrible secondary. Just yeah, well, he's won but, himself a job somewhere next year, I think. Yeah, that's true. Um, but also, it's just yeah, it's just this defense seems to be the the massive crack in the armor for the the Chiefs sort of. Super Bowl hopes at the moment. Um, the other team that I was I was just going to sort of mention on the brief is New Orleans. Um, this is the first time since Dubreeze has been playing for New Orleans that at home they've put up uh, less than ten points, which is quite an interesting little thing. That is um, a good start. I just think that yeah, yeah, it's, gr- it's sort of like a lack. Of, we don't see out of Drew Brees, especially this season. And I know as his career has gone on, this has kind of become a um, more prevalent. But pushing the ball downfield, he just doesn't do it enough. Like there's, he's really um, he's averaging six point five yards per target, which is behind what Teddy Bridgewater was averaging. Um, this is just you know six point five yards. You're just stirring the pot there. You're not suggesting anything. You just what? Sorry. You think what you saying? Teddy should start, or are you just stirring the no, pot? No, no, I'm just stirring the pot. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater should start, but like, yeah. I, I'm just saying, like, he's just. It's not like Teddy Bridgewater is known for his deep balls, but no, absolutely, it, yeah, and it's it's Drew Brees is is just almost like he can tear you apart in the short and the intermediate game, but it it just seems like he he relies on his accuracy in the short and. Inter- intermediate passing and just doesn't have the arm strength anymore to, to push the ball deep. Um, yeah. I know that's, that's been an issue ever since he, he did a shoulder in back of the charges. So, you know, um, it can't have got any better since he's got so old. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, but the reason I didn't pick the Saints game as the worst loss of the week is because as an individual loss, yeah, absolutely. It's the worst loss of the week, maybe the season yeah. losing to a division rival that's sucking at home. Yeah, that was trash. But I think that it may serve as a wake up call at the end of the season. Teams rarely go four to them and they're still seven and two. They still should have that division pretty much locked up. But the Rams and the Chiefs one as well we were talking about, they still look fire on offense and I still think they'll should be able to outscore most teams. It's not a way you want to win, but if there's one team that can do it, it'll be the Chiefs. They still lost because of a blocked field goal at the end of the day. Yeah, but the Rams just didn't show any sort of fight. The areas that they're supposed to be good at, they didn't perform well enough. Yeah, I, they couldn't I get, get that. the game going on the ground particularly. The play calling isn't as exciting as it usually is, and I just don't know. The Rams, they just as a team, they're not as exciting. They don't look as competent as they did a year ago, and that's what worries me most about this. Them going forwards. The the one thing I would say though, and the, like 
just to bring like, this is why I said there's a toss up between the Chiefs and New Orleans. But for New Orleans, like you're coming in and Atlanta has been terrible this season in mm-hmm. terms of rushing the passer, and that's you allow what was it six or seven sacks on the day, like almost it tallied up to their total on this on the bloody season. Like it didn't. You can't come in and let a team that's been historically bad this year rushing the passer just have that kind of statement against your offense. It uh, was six sacks. Yeah, six. Well, still, like that's it, it equates to however many they had on the year, which is just it's just a joke, really. Like, um, you know. Yeah, and the other thing is that they could never seem to the defense that has been so great as well all year haven't been able to get off the field. In those, there were a yeah. lot of third and longs in this game, and they just weren't able to to shut the Falcons down. And I don't know, maybe this is because it's a division matchup that are always closer than every, any other games. Yeah. The Falcons are coming off a bye where they changed their kicker and punter, and that changed everything, apparently. But either way, it's not a game that went well by any stretch of the imagination for the Saints. But I feel it could be more of a one-off than those other games that we were speaking about. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, a bit like when the Ravens lost to the Browns that one time. Exactly, and now look at them. They're high-flying. Well, we'll see. If this if something similar happens, because the Saints have got a, what could be an easy, could be a tricky stretch, three NFC South games in a row. Yeah. And if they can come out of that, I don't know, and there's very likelihood they'll come out of that 3-0, and but they may be 2-1. and I think they've got that division locked up. Yeah, but what if we get the Jameis Winston that played played the Rams? We, you know, you know when we get one of those jo- Jameis days. Yeah, yeah um, fair enough. I think we had one this week. So you can't do it twice in a row. I don't think. I think that's... Yeah, I, I when I was watching a uh, Red Zone, mm. he said, "God, I've absolutely botched the announcer's name, Chris." Um, God, what's his name? You know his name. Hanson. Yeah. Anyway, so he said one thing that, that really resonated with me. It was just, Jameis Winston isn't fast, but somehow knows how to move. And it, 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 that is so true. Every time I see him roll out of the pocket, like mm. he's, he's going at like a, a, like a turtle's pace, but then he just like makes like a shifty move here and there. And yeah, his, his name's also fast. Scott rather than Chris, but the point you make is the same. Oh, shut up. Scott Hansen, that's it. <laughs> No. I, I, okay, so fine. you said we were getting on to it later. It's t- time now. Have the Dolphins shat the bed when it comes to their tanking? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's a debatable one because obviously we've been saying this all season, but, but the Dolphins, are the, the front office is trying to tank. Um they're trying to get the first overall pick. They're, they're trying to invest in and get as many first round picks as possible, and basically do what the Browns did to retain to get as much talent as possible. But like we said in this league, it's it's almost it's impossible to make players in the National Football League deliberately lose games, and they're always going to come out there and put in a performance. And we saw that this week. Like, um, I think they're some fans are getting legitimately angry like some dolphins fans like what are we doing we can't even lose right like why are you even bothering but you know like i think uh 
the, the we know that the Bengals want also want a change at QB. Um, they're probably gonna, I'd imagine, end the season with the 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 losing guest record. I guess I don't know if you, yeah. Well, that's where I was going with it because I was looking at the rankings at the moment. The worst is the Bengals and the Redskins and the Giants, then the Dolphins, and, and so the Bengals are the only really team. I see there as another one that's going to be contending for Tua, who we assume the Dolphins are going yeah. to be after. Yeah. There's the Bucks, who are a win behind or behind or ahead, or however you look at it, of the Dolphins, and we I'm going to guess they're probably going to be looking for a quarterback as well. Mm. So the question is, do they do they actually want Tua? Which is question number one, and. What they can do is they've always got those other two first-round picks to trade up and make sure they do get him. But then again, if you're doing that, then you've if you're spending two first-round picks to get your player, then how are you going to replace Tunsil and Minka Fitzpatrick? It's... Yeah, that's that, that's the other thing is they've given away so much talent, and um, like we've seen, Tuns- Tunsil has been absolutely tearing apart at the, at the Texans. Don't like let anyone else tell you differently. He's probably going to reset the whole tackle market in in his when they re-sign him um and like we were just saying once again Minka Fitzpatrick is doing absolute bits now that they're playing him in the right bloody position free safety not playing fiddling him around at nickel and all like corner and all this and it's just no just you know he played free safety I know he's he's a he's a versatile guy but yeah the Steelers have found a way to make him work you know sorry as you were saying so uh, yeah, we said this when the trades made. But I get it if you're trading veterans away, and then you can get those first rounds, and you can get younger players, and yeah. you can rebuild when you're sort of squalling at seven and nine. But those two players you trade away are young on their rookie deal. But the Larry Tunsil makes a bit more sense in the sense that he has to sign a new contract after the season. But Minka Fitzpatrick is this year two for him or year three? I think it might year, only be year, year two. Three. It might be year three. It's year three. All right. But either way, he's still got two and then a franchise tag left on his contract. And it seemed like, apart from being a player out of position, he liked being in Miami. So if you can mm. build around those two, like he's a player you build around, not trade, a, trade away to start from the beginning. And yeah, we may prove them wrong. They may draft out of the park this year, but the draft is an absolute lottery. And yeah. what if they miss on, what if they hit two and then miss on the other two picks? Then what? Then they're in the exact same position. Yeah, exactly. And and there's like you said, there's there's no guarantee that the the picks you've received for the talent you've clearly given away. I would much rather take with a first round pick now Minka Fitzpatrick or Laramie Tunsil than uh, then basically guess whether or not someone's going to be successful because you know Laramie Tunsil is one of the one of the premier left tackles in the league. We're starting to see that Minka Fitzpatrick is is obviously quite a talent at, at free safety. Um, so I just don't understand the thinking, the thought process behind it. I I know they're trying to acquire picks. Um, but yeah, one, one thing you were saying earlier, actually, that I kind of want to harpen back to. Um, do you think they're going to go for two or do you think... Like whoever's I was picking. about to bring up that exact yeah. same thing because there's Tua, there's Justin Herbert, there's Joe Burrow, Jake Fromm, there's Jacob Eason. No, there's I don't a lot think Jake, of them that... I don't think Jake Fromm is going like in the in the early rounds. To okay. be honest. 
Maybe not. But if you can get him in a third or a second with the amount of picks they've got and then get some super talent around them in the first round. Yeah. He's a proven but, winner, okay, fair, All right. Fair enough. Even even if you count Jake from out of that, there's a lot of talented quarterbacks in this draft that they're not all going to be superstars. It happens every year. That they, yeah. they, never, they never all make it. It's usually one or two out of five, generally. And if it's mm. that high of every draft... And so, first of all, you've got to hope that they're taking the right one, if you're a Dolphins fan. Second of all, you've got to hope that he fits your team. And third of all, you've got to hope your offensive line doesn't get him killed before he can develop. Yeah, that, that's the other thing now. Like, you've you've lost talent at O-line that you're obviously going to have to replace in the upcoming seasons. And they can't just think that replacing them with with a, getting a good QB in the first round is going to solve all your problems. It's, you know... Um, yeah, but I, the final... I oh sorry, I was just I was just gonna say I I mean I could imagine Joe Burrow being the first um, first overall pick or you know well first QB gone especially after his sort of like performance this uh, this last week against or his performance against Alabama pretty much I mean he he had a, he had a pretty pretty damn good game. Against... What if they get um what if they get Tom Brady free agent after the season? Uh, no. <laughs> or do you know? Do you know? Do you know That's who's been a re- he's been really good this year? He's a free agent after this season. Who? I heard he used to play wide receiver. Ryan Tannehill. You want Ryan Tannehill? <laughs> Can you imagine? That would be hilarious. What if? What if? You know, Ryan Tannehill actually makes a like gets Tennessee into the playoffs and the. They might even win a playoff game. Imagine that making yeah, it past ma- maybe, the first round. Would you rather, out of curiosity, have one of the quarterbacks coming out hmm. or package your last first rounder for Cam Newton? Uh, I... I don't know because what Provi- Cam, provided Cam what, I know it's 31? a big caveat, but provided provided Cam Newton's healthy, which is a big if. Yeah. But in this hypothetical, you you work him out, you find out he's healthy, he's good to go. He's had a, basically a whole year off. I, which I, you take. The thing is, for me, Cam Newton has never been the biggest sort of leader of a of a football team, and I I can't imagine what you'd get out of one of the younger QBs and a chance to mould him and mould him into that leader. We've never yeah. seen that out of Cam. And I I also think, yeah, there's there's just, there's too much, like, I think the promise you can get out of some of these, like, we know that two is going to be, um, you're pretty damn, pretty damn accurate with the ball. Um, but also he's playing with such talented QB wide receivers there it's, a, it's an interesting one but I think just because of the fact that Cam Newton's 31 he's he's never been the biggest leader on the field and the some of the talent that's coming out this year I, I'd i probably take a, a young QB rather than pitch yeah. away especially a late first round pick for Cam Newton which sounds Fair ridiculous enough. a few years ago when he was having that MVP season but you know one um, other thing if we have time but just Jalen Hurts, do you think? Do you think the performance that? Do you think that Lamar Jackson, how he's playing now, is giving Jalen Hurts more stock in the first round of the draft? Or I think Jalen Hurts is more Cam Newton than L- Lamar Jackson. 
that's not a knock on him. I just don't think he's... Well, no one is, but I don't think... Okay, if Lamar Jackson is Michael Vick, Jalen Hurts yeah. is Cam Newton. They're both uber-athletic, great talents, can run or pass, but they're not the same quarterback in the same... They can't move in the same way. Jalen yeah. Hurts is more likely to run through you than go around you. Yeah, that's true. He's. It seems like I'm he's not got... saying that's a. Re- I'm not saying that that's a reason you shouldn't pick him. I'm just saying that he's not Lamar Jackson. You can't expect him to do all the mental stuff that Lamar's been doing. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if Lincoln Riley goes anywhere next next season as well. Yeah. You know. I don't think there's been much indication that he will be. I don't know why you would. You've still got a pipeline of quarterbacks. You've got that. Oh, I can't remember what he's called. The the kid from out. Arizona, our Spencer Rattler coming yeah. out next year for, I think if you if you get um, Hurts winning the Heisman next year, then there's a legitimate chance you get another one winning it the year after. That'd be so ridiculous. Do you not want to just keep going? I like, don't know. Does he not want to? Does he not want to win a championship with Oklahoma? Yeah, but I also think this sort of weird pipeline of of. Heisman okay, so what's what's the what's the job if you're Lincoln Riley? What's the job that can persuade you to leave college? Mm. Dallas. I was thinking Dallas. To be fair, that's what I was thinking because because I could just imagine like he gets there and he's a QB whisperer with a young QB and in Dak Prescott and really like I could just if I saw him saw him going, I can see him going to Dallas. But it's it's whether right. or not that's what the rumors where the rumors have been really. Yeah, well, my thing, before we do get on to the Dallas thing, if, if the Dallas make playoffs this year, mm. maybe win a game, doesn't matter if they do, are they going to fire Jason Garrett? And they do have Kellen Moore, who they've just had as an OC. They like him a lot. He's done... That Prescott, for, despite the record, has looked so good this year. Yeah. He's playing better than Zeke. He's been their best player. It's because of those maybe weird on hip thrusts defense. he's been doing. Have you seen, yeah, have that's you all seen? about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start doing that before every game. Um... But the point is, like, when would you ever seen in the last two or three years Cowboys fans complaining because they're taking it out of Dak's hands and into Zeke's yeah, for the most true. important plays of the game? He's been so good this year. and Why would you mess with that unless you're not going to pay him? Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Do, do you think a part of that is just playing up to he's, he's playing for his contract as well? I mean, to some extent, you have to be. But, um, yeah, like... I think maybe maybe next year once once he gets paid, then that might step off. Well, we'll see. Maybe. All right. So we've run a little bit over on that bit. So let's get into the predictions for next week. And the best game of the week is the Texans going into Baltimore to face the Ravens. Two first place teams. Texans coming off a bye. And Lamar Jackson versus Deshaun Watson in an MVP battle. You tell me first, Lou, who's going to win? You know my feelings on this, Joe. I do not like the Texans as an organisation. Mm. I don't like their defence. I don't like their head coach. And I love Lamar Jackson. You, well, I'm going to say you've taught me around to make yes. it seem like it was all you doing this and not his actual play on the field. But yes. the Ravens' defence is coming together. The Ravens' offence has been firing. And I think the Ravens take this one. I don't actually think it's that close. I I wish you could just see me continuously fist pounding the air. Just I'm really oh, glad I can't. I'm so I'm so happy just just to hear these words coming from your mouth. It's just it's like 
You know, I I never should have doubted the Ravens against the Pats. Why why did I do that? Come on, man. Like and I don't know because it makes sense to doubt anyone against the Patriots usually. Yeah, usually, but not if they've got the most dynamic offense in the league. And that's a weird thing to be thing fair, to say. before that game, they hadn't been as explosive as they had in the last two. They had sort of come back to earth a little bit. Mm. One but... thing one thing I am seeing, though, and it's, it's been throughout the season, is, is Lamar Jackson is genuinely improving every game. And it's weird because mm. he did obviously start with a bang, but against a trash Dolphins team. Um, but every single game he's playing this season, I'm seeing him get, you know, make, make tight throws firstly and his receivers drop the ball a lot like i know some of these passing stats don't look amazing in, in some of these games but our, our receiving core is not amazing at, by any stretch of the, of the imagination it seems like only our tight ends and marquis brown can catch so um but like the thing is the ravens are an organization we we've put all we have into lamar jackson and we're kind of going with his talents building talent around him we realized he was out of college, one of the better throwers of the ball to tight ends. We surrounded him with three amazing tight ends. Um, you know, now we've we've we're getting more talent, and also this is the other thing: is our our rushing attack is just like he causes such a threat to run the ball that the lanes he opens up for the running backs, uh, it's mm. just they they have space to run for days. Like it's Mark Ingram said it himself, like. It, there are just holes that would never be there if the, the the defense wasn't aware of Lamar Jackson's threat as a runner. And I, I honestly just think this this offense is too dynamic to handle for the Texans. Um, but they do have the the third best rush defense in the league, and they're coming off a bye week, so we'll see. But um, I got the Ravens on this one as well, Slee. Yeah, I think they're going to need. Um, Deshaun Watson to have one of his Deshaun Watson games yeah. and absolutely be unbelievable. It could be an amazing watch if it turns into a shootout because these two are both among the most fun in the league to watch yeah. them have to win games. So I am looking forward say. to this one. Yeah. So same. the next game between two teams, I'm going to say they, the loser of this game may be done for the years, which is crazy coming into the season, it's the Bears at the Rams. The Bears mm. sort of got going a little bit on offense, but that was only because they got bailed out by the Lions having a first-time starter at quarterback. Yep. We already spoke about what the Rams did earlier on. They got beaten up by the Steelers, who have been struggling this year. I can't call this one. I'm going to yeah. say the Rams because they're at home and just because... Even when the Bears look good, they still don't look that great. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky, 173 yards, three touchdowns, and David Montgomery, 17 attempts for 60 yards. It's not exactly explosive. And if that's the upper echelon of what they can achieve this year, I can't back them that much. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. It's, it's a hard one to pick, and I I don't really have faith in either of these teams, to be honest. But Trubisky, uh, Trubisky didn't look as bad last week, but I just don't trust him to win a game at all um i think the rams offense is going to struggle like they always do but i think if, if they oh, i say like they always do but you know if, if they if they have faith in, in their running game um i think they could do some damage so i, I think i think i'm going to go with the rams just the, the talent they have they should they should but they they might not you know 
squeeze they should but they might not that has been the story for both of these teams all year though to be fair (laughs) exactly they should but they might not this game brought to you by they should but they might not (laughs) I think the one thing is as well is the Rams have should be able to run the ball against the Bears, but they might. And if not. they can, if they can, at, <laughs> if they can get their running game going again, that should, but it might not get the play action <laughs> pass, which is the staple of their offense. But like you said, you just can't tell these teams have been so underwhelming this year that well, they the make this like the Bears should stop them on defense, but they might not. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> like honestly, it, it just sums up the both of these teams. To be honest, <laughs> like <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, and the final game we're going to preview this week, an AFC West showdown, the Chiefs at the Chargers, maybe even more important with how well the Raiders seem to be doing. So the Chiefs sitting at 4-6-4, and six and four, the Chargers at 4-6, and six. and the Chiefs coming, both teams coming off a loss, actually, Chargers with a longer week, and the Chargers surely have got to be licking their lips at the fact that Derek Henry just went for 188 yards against the Chiefs, Yeah, they've that... got Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler sitting in the backfield. Mm. I think it's it's a different type of runner though. It's a thing that Derek Derek Henry kind of relied on on breaking tackles in that game, um, and you saw that with the yards after yards after contact stats. But I I am gonna say that the Chargers are probably gonna win this week, in my prediction anyway. Um, I just think they they do they should stick to that same form, formula as Tennessee. They've got two talented backs here with with Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. I can see them rushing the ball a lot to the inside of with Gordon dumping off passes and screens to Eckler like he's been great at all year. Um, and also Rivers is going to do more, a lot more damage than Tannehill could have last week as well. Um, yes, that's so, fair enough. It is all adding up for the Chargers. The, the Chiefs are 31st in the league in rush defence. Chargers mm-hmm. did a fantastic job two Sundays ago against the Packers on defence when they yeah. came into LA. But despite all of that, I am going to go with the Chiefs. I... I can't see them losing this game. It's a type of game that I feel the Chargers are just going to not show up for. I think the Chiefs are going to go into LA. They're going to stack that stadium. And like it always is in LA, it'll be a home game for the away team. Yeah. And I don't know. I just think when the Chiefs lose a game, usually Andy Reid comes with a stack of explosive plays ready for the next week because he feels like he's been embarrassed. And... The Chiefs just lost to the Titans. Let's be real about that. It wasn't like they got blown out in Tennessee. <sighs> yeah, that, that's true. It's a tight one. I don't know. I, well, everything, I don't... Is, everything, I've, everything I've done research-wise is telling me the Chargers. But mm. I just can't... My heart's saying the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs take this one. But... I mean, I, no one's saying it's going to be a blowout win for the Chargers. I, I didn't. I thought, you know, the Chiefs never make it a blow off, blowout win, even when they lose. Like, to be honest, yeah. it, 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 it's fully expected. It could be a shootout, and and like we saw last week, Pat Mahomes could still perform. But I just don't trust his defense enough. Like, I, I, I'm sorry, I just don't. Like, the Chargers have got enough talent to expose. They've got the, they've got the same amount of talent as Tennessee's offense does. Yeah, but... mm-hmm. I the thing with the Chargers, I feel they've got one good win this year. They beat the Colts at home in Brissett's first start. Yep. They they won in Miami. They won at Chicago, who, like we said, isn't as impressive anymore. Mm. And then their good win is the win at home to the Packers, who didn't have a full strength Devontae Adams. 
Yeah, this is the toughest. This is the toughest match they've had this season, and I can't see them winning. It. I think I'm going to go with the Chiefs. All right, we'll agree to disagree then, mate. We will. I mean, they should, but they might not. They should, yeah. but they might not. <laughs> okay, and so we should that... finish up right now. But we might, and not. we will, <coughs> we will, <laughs> which is the end of our podcast. Make sure you check out our articles we post on thedropback.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at thedropback on Facebook at thedropbackuk. I've been Sam. I've been Joe. And thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Sign off.